Hello, and welcome back to our Blitz Scalable Venture Deals podcast. I'm Chris Yeh, and I'm joined by my partner from Blitz Scaling Ventures, Scott Johnson. And we are here today to talk about venture capital deals that were announced in June of 2023. So, Scott, it's good to be back. I just got back from Nashville. and Boy, are my arms tired. Um, your arms are tired. Well, my arms are tired, too, because I went surfing this morning at 630. And so we, we share that. Very nice. Very nice. So how did the month of June end up? How did it compare to previous months? What are the trend lines? You know, June is up. And looking at the numbers, every stage that we track for the investors that we track is up. Andreessen, once again, is the most active investor. But it was 77 deals. So 77 is uh, the highest total volume of the year. And getting back up to some numbers that we saw three years ago. Uh, not the numbers we saw two years ago, but, you know, half of that. So uh, or sometimes there were 100, 110, 120. So, you know, feeling like there's activity out there that is robust and it's across the board. So it's uh, seed deals are 29 uh, of the 77. It's pretty consistent percentage wise and series a is 17 and series b is 15 so compared to may we're up in every single deal category so that's impressive uh u.s deals are once again about half sorry uh 52 out of 77 so that's two-thirds mm -hmm. and so you know overall the it's it's a it's an active month. It's a good month. It shows direction. And it's pretty consistent, Chris, with what we were saying over a year ago, that it takes, you know, five or six quarters to sort of work through some serious issues in the market when it, when it contracts. So I'm a little surprised at how well the stock market's doing. That's certainly contributing, but the primary contributor has to be AI, right? So there's just a lot of, of activity and excitement around that and the deals are clicking off the screen. Yeah. And so, again, while I don't think we necessarily foresaw when we made our predictions a year ago that AI would be the driver, it does look like our prediction of the market coming back has come true, which is great. So yay us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a tough thing to predict. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised and impressed that it did work. Mm -hmm. uh, usually there's a lot of variability in in trying to predict something like that. So it's a pretty risky thing to do. We did it. This time it worked. Next time, who knows? But for now, we are looking at a changed market for the better. And we have some companies to talk about. We have three of them, in fact. And we're going to start with a company called, let's start with Curry. Yeah, I think that that's a good idea. So Curry is an interesting company. What they do is they help last mile delivery of construction materials to connect the suppliers to the job sites. And as someone who has had an active construction zone at my house for much of the past three years, four years, uh, it's three years, yeah. Way too I long. can tell you, way too long. I can tell you this is essential because when you can't get the stuff delivered, no one comes, no one works, and there's no progress being made. And yep. there's costs involved every single day that a job site is open. 
And so there is a strong need for this, right? This is not just about, oh, it's mildly convenient and therefore a consumer can get a pack of gum faster than they otherwise would. This is real business, people losing money. And by providing a marketplace where they're able to manage last mile delivery, I mean, basically you could think of it as kind of like a, an Uber Eats or a DoorDash in the sense that you have these individual drivers who are going out and picking up the loads and bringing them to construction sites. But, you know, it's much more differentiated because if you go into the app and we looked at it a little bit, it's really cool. You can say, okay, am I looking for a car because I just need someone to bring some blueprints? Am I looking for a truck? Am I looking for a full on flatbed or something like that? And so this is very differentiated from just like an Uber. You just can't use an Uber for this. You have to build your own supply of drivers and you have to build up your own supply of customers. And again, it's three ways because you've got the suppliers of the materials, the consumers, which are the contractors, plus the drivers. Uh, that coordination makes having a marketplace of sufficient size even more important. So I think in general, we like this deal. We do. So did Bessemer. They gave $42 million in a Series B to Curry. And let's see, June 6th is when it was announced. And they're from Ventura, California. If you want to find them on the web, they're C-U-R-R-I.com. So pretty easy to find and a pretty solidly sized round. Uh, I, I, I like this deal, especially they have one service that I particularly like, which is uh, they will pay off the inspector for you. So you can keep that at arm's length. Very nice. Well, having dealt with your own construction and remodel and everything, <laughs> I think you, you get it as well. You could tell that we've been traumatized by this. Now, the way we scored Curry is we didn't give it a full 10 out of 10 for winner take most. And that is because at the end of the day, the materials involved are commodities, right? You know, these tiles, these two by fours, this concrete or what have you. But you know, there is a strong element because of the number of different kinds of drivers involved. There's a decent amount of selection and differentiation needed. So we gave it a nine instead of a lower score. Viral growth or distribution, we also gave it a nine because every single person in the industry, in the trade, talks with each other and everyone's looking for a way to make this happen faster. So this is the kind of thing that we think would spread like wildfire. Because yeah, the subs work on multiple sites too. So they're going to say, hey, we use this thing on this site. So let's use it over here too. So I, th I think it spreads like crazy. And if they, if it works, you know, if it works, people, if something works, people talk about it and they use it, particularly Absolutely. in a small industry like this. We gave it a nine out of nine for distribution because of that great inherent virality. Eight out of 10 for product market fit because it's a series B company that has a lot of people using it. Hopefully they've worked out most of the kinks. We'd have to actually try it ourselves to really understand it. Maybe I'll talk with some of my contractors and see if they've ever heard of it. And then market size and gross margin, obviously this is an enormous market. There is scalability stuff, right? Org scalability, op scalability. You got to bring these drivers in. You've got to be able to track what's going on with all of them. So it's not super simple, right? It's not like a virtual marketplace. It's dealing with real world stuff that's pretty heavy and dusty. Yeah, yeah, there's logistics here, so we can't give it full marks there. But it does get an 80, which is, as everyone knows, who's been listening to our podcasts, 80 is our cutoff point for blitz scalability. If you get below 80, then you have work to do. And if you get above 80, then we get excited. So this one really ticks all the boxes. So I, I think we should, uh, should pursue it, learn more about it. Absolutely. 
All right, what's next on the docket? Next we have Albert Invent. I assume it's a reference to Albert Einstein. I don't know. It's a seed round, seven and a half million, and Index did it. And they did it in the middle of June. The um, total raised is that amount. So this is the entirety of, of their raise to date. And they do something pretty cool, which I know nothing about. Well, what they do is they help scientists who are doing material science and bringing stuff together actually figure out a how to order this stuff this is the mercantile component to it but there's also an ai layer to help them figure out what to test and what to what experiments to run and and how to to make uh make all of them come together and so it's actually pretty exciting i think yeah i you know i don't do any of this in my basement but it's 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 very exciting you don't uh, do this in your basement? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a basement anymore. So I, there's there's no opportunity for that. My condo association, I don't think, would want me running material science and chemistry experiments in the building. You know, it is a it's a it's an industry we don't know, but you can naturally sort of see how it could be blitz scale, right? So you, you could see about winner take most, uh, sh sure. If you have all the suppliers hooked in and some really smart AI telling you, don't, don't try those three, but what about this one? You know, this chemical could do really exactly what you want. It, it's, it's probably a proprietary AI data set too, where it's, you know, very focused on the materials and how, and their properties and, Therefore, uh, harder to replicate and not something everybody could tap into. So exactly. we think there is a winner-take-most element here. Distribution, well, these people talk. It's talk about small worlds. I mean, the, the, this is a, a very small world. One public, There's probably one publication trade rag that just gets to everybody and everybody reads it every time. So I imagine these people are pre pretty easy to find and they talk a lot and say, have you used Albert Invent? I, you know, saved me two years of, of, of struggle. So if it really works, then I can see how word of mouth would get around. Yeah, and plus you could go ahead and just do some conferences at all the leading schools that have uh, material science departments and pretty much sweep up the entire industry that way. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think a lot of this is industrial, not just academic. So there's there's just a ton of work going on. Oh, absolutely. Every but you industrial can company. But every every person comes from, these are scientists, right? They, they didn't just sort of like go through a boot camp and start doing material science. They have a material science degree, usually a material science PhD from yeah. a esteemed educational institution. And that's also where they probably do most of their networking. Uh, in terms of product market fit, I do want to mention this. This is a seed deal. Only seven and a half million, but we gave it an eight out of 10 for product market fit. Now that is higher than normal, but do you know the it reason is. why, Scott? Uh, well, because everybody's already using it. Well, there's that, but then there's also the origin of the company. So the team that founded Albert came out of the big industrial company, Henkel. So they built this as an internal tool over at Henkel, and then they spun this out with Henkel as an anchor customer. So this is something that was not just a new company that was built. It's a product that has existed internally, been converted into a commercial software product, but has an anchor customer and has been successfully used for some time. So even though it's a young company, we give them credit for the fact that the product has actually spent many more years under development than the company has actually existed. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's got real potential to take off. So this one's early, you know, it's a seed round. So it's not something that we would normally just jump into 
but it'd probably be worth talking to them and figuring out when they're going to do an A round and if it makes sense for us to bet on them as the, the company that we think will be the winner. I don't see a lot of a competition, but we haven't looked into that. And as everybody knows, we're just screening companies here. We're not pretending we know everything about them. This is, we take publicly available information and we make some assumptions and we arrive at a score that probably once we learn everything about the company will be wrong, but it's directionally right. So it, it just helps us to figure out which companies to dig in further. Yes. So exciting stuff. Good job, folks at Albert Invent. If people want to go find the website, where do they look at? It is, got to get over there, albertinvent.com. Lo and behold, the URL was not taken. Not a big surprise. Oh, by the way, they got an 81. Did we say that? I don't think we said that. So you know, that's a great point. Overall, the score is an 81, which is solidly blitz scalable. Yeah. Good. Okay. So the third and final company that we'll be talking about today is Typeface. And this is when I talked about an uptick in deal activity around AI. This is one of those. Raised $100 million. Salesforce led the round, but they have a bunch of pretty good investors in here. Google's in here, Lightspeed, uh, Menlo, uh, Madrona, great investor out of Seattle. So Microsoft very impressive well. group. What's that? Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft. Well. There you go. M12. Microsoft is in well. there as well. So quite a lineup. And we're going to talk about those corporate investors in a minute because turns out they could really help with distribution if they lend their weight to getting this in the hands of their customers. Yeah. So let's talk about what Typeface does. Typeface is explicitly generative AI for the enterprise for content creation. So it's not, you know, inter it's, it's for internal usage to create content that's probably going to be consumed externally. And the reason why they need that, as opposed to just cobbling it together from chat GPT and mid-journey and so on and so forth is, gosh, you know, who has the time to be a full-time AI consultant when they're a marketer? Uh, typeface goes ahead and, and is constantly, it's an abstraction layer that's constantly trying to find the best models and switching between them as necessary. It is aware of your brand. So you set up your brand's voice and style and it takes that into account and tries to make sure that it's actually compliant. It's private because you don't want to upload your corporate secrets into ChatGPT accidentally. And it's not just a chat box interface, right? What it does is it actually holds your hands at each step of the way. So if you're trying to write an advertisement or an Instagram post, then it actually is sort of modular where it says, okay, here's the prompt. I want you to create a job post for a marketing manager with a fun and engaging tone designing this. I want a product shot of the sling bag 2.0, blah, blah, blah. And it's all done in a modular fashion so that you can modify it instead of having to come up with everything from scratch. Everything is pre-programmed, ready to go. It checks for grammar, checks for plagiarism, make sure that it fits with your brand characteristics. And so it's obvious why this is something that people would want to use. Now, the big question, though, is not whether it's something that people would want to use. I think it absolutely would. I think the question is, is this winner take most? Because one of the cautions I've issued around AI is AI is so powerful, could do so many things that it's very easy to get caught up and say, wow, this product is amazing, when there may be another competing product that's also amazing or even more amazing just down the road. So talk to me about winner take most here, because this was one you're very high on. Yeah, I, I went for land grab here. And 
the reason for that is to get this installed, you have to plug it into your entire library of uh, media. So all of your images and videos, it has to know about all those. Then you have to feed it your entire library of, of content that you've created and brand uh, around your brand. And so it's, it's just a big implementation headache. And then it's going to start learning more and more and more as it uses, as, as the marketed people use this product. So it's going to become better and better at knowing what you want to say. And you're not just going to rip that out once you've got it fully installed and trained and it keeps getting better. So to replace it with something else would be very risky and likely, unless that is just enormously better from the get-go, you're not going to do it. It's hard to envision something that would be that. So it's not going to be a network effect here. We're just not going to see that. This is a very internal company asset, but it's, you know, I think land grab is a legitimate argument here and you want to get this in every marketing department in the world as fast as you can so that they become addicted to it. So it gets a nine. Yeah. And I actually agree with that. I think that if we think about AI, I often say, you know, what the key with AI is, is in, gener in, in enterprise generative AI, one of the problems as well, if your data can be fed into one LLM, it can be fed into another. But the thing about typefaces, it's not data being fed in, it's guidelines, it's policies, it's uh, aesthetic inclinations and things like that. That stuff is not easy to sort of, once you fed it in, oh, we can just feed it in again. That's not the case here. It's not an LLM. It's capturing the workflow preferences of people along the way. So I do agree. I think there is a land grab element here. Now, the next item is the distribution. And that's actually one where it was a little more controversial because we ended up scoring it with a nine, but with a proviso. And I was on the skeptical side. So why don't you make the bull case and I'll make the bear case and then we'll, we'll draw to a conclusion of some kind. Yeah, so anybody who's listened to us before knows that as soon as it's an enterprise sale, then we give it a low score in distribution and it never makes it to blitz scalability. The, the ones that do are things like Slack where it's just viral and it spreads on its own or ones where there's a great channel. So with a couple of good channel relationships, you can really penetrate the market thoroughly. And that's what we reached for here for the bull case. It's you've got Salesforce as an investor, you've got Microsoft as an investor, one of those two companies is in almost every customer you're going to want to reach. So if they actually want to push your product and distribute it and are active about it, and goodness knows how hard it is to activate salespeople to sell somebody else's product. But if they can pull that off, then this could really take off. If all it is is, uh, oh yeah, here, we're going to give you a slot next to the other thousand companies on our website, then it's not going to work. It's not a nine, but we gave it a nine for the, that's the bull case. And so you want to make the bear case, Chris? Yeah, the bear case is pretty straightforward, which is it's all internal. It's purely enterprise. Therefore, it deserves to be treated the same as everything else. Yes, Salesforce and Microsoft invested but to what extent do they want typeface to succeed on its own and how much would they much rather have this be a part of what they do with their CRM or with their office suite? So that's the bear case. Uh, again, they've invested. That doesn't mean they are invested in its success. That's right. So they're interested. They think it's cool. They want to learn from it. They, they, the investment in OpenAI certainly paid off. So they're looking to do that kind of thing again. 
and we give this one an 83. So that's two nines to start with, an eight for product market fit. If you go to their website, they have a nice, a really nice animation that shows you what they do and the simplicity of it. It's impressive. So I recommend that you go to typeface.ai and check it out. Uh, market size is enormous, gross margins, it's software. Those, so 10 out of 10, all the way across the board, all the way to the end uh, the, the, for the remaining characteristics, which gives us an 83, which is our highest score of the day. So if, if that uh, viral growth distribution number is actually a nine, then this is a pretty interesting company. They raised $100 million. It might be a little beyond us at this point, but you know, worth checking in and, and finding out. And let me emphasize, I really like the way their product looks on their website. They've done a fantastic job of conveying why it would be so useful to an enterprise. And you know, one of the things that we sometimes run into when we talk about AI is we sometimes hear skepticism from folks saying, hey, isn't this like you know, Web3 or isn't this like the metaverse? And I say, well, just take a look at this website and tell me that that does not produce immense amounts of utility for a corporation versus those previous fads, if you will. Yeah, no, the, the, you can hear it in our voices and in our actions as we invest. We are big believers that AI is a game-changing technology. And we were always very skeptical of the other things that were being pushed as the next big thing. We didn't believe that. We was like, okay, show me the utility and show great businesses being built around it and we'll take a look. And we found a few of those, but it didn't it didn't feel anywhere close to what this is this is one of the biggest things we've ever seen yeah so plenty of excitement so overall summary for june volumes going back up mood good great companies that we're seeing as a result of being able to go through this process there are some of many of them incorporating AI because again, Curry is not an AI company, but Albert Invent incorporates AI and Typeface is explicitly an AI company, which makes blitz scalability kind of a microcosm here for the market as a whole. I, th I think that's right. So it's it's interesting. The three deals we picked do have an AI bent to them, and one of them just purely it's, it's the foundation of it is AI. All right, good. So that's that's June. Uh, July will be over in four days. So we'll be tabulating those results and we'll see. Maybe there's another uptick. Usually things slow down a little in the summer, but things feel pretty active. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Well, I'm pretty excited. I'm also excited that I am probably not leaving the country again until September. So we will be able to continue to pump out these episodes at a regular rate. Well, that is good because time zones have been tricky with you and getting getting our work done has been difficult while you travel so it's good to have you back on the ground thank you thank you and to all our loyal listeners as always thank you for tuning in please do spread the word about this podcast if you enjoy it and we will look forward to being back perhaps in the next week or two with our next episode <laughs>